0: Okay, we are back again, and this is Chapter 5 of The Prince Warriors by Priscilla Shire, read to you by me, your dad, Matt Thompson. Chapter 5, Water in the Desert. (laughs) Evan and Xavier sped down more tunnels until they found themselves once again in the room where they'd first entered the cave. (laughs) They didn't see any others there. Nothing moved but the floating balls of light. Ruwak didn't speak, but unfolded his long arms to the ceiling. His hooded face facing, hooded, his hooded head facing up as well. The boys looked up, wondering what Ruwak was looking at, assuming he had actual eyes. They couldn't see anything except rows of glowing blue stalactites. Then Ruwak began rotating his arms in a slow, steady circle. As he did, the stalactites grew faint transparent until they disappeared altogether revealing a hole in the top of the cave like a window the boys stared wondering what it was they were seeing through this window at first it was just colors white and red and then shapes became clear the white became glowing drifting sand and the red became a vast unbroken sky whoa Evan said under his breath is it like tv or is it real is that aharatus asked xavier it looks way different from what we saw Yeah, said Evan, no trees, just sand. Hey, Xavier said something. I see someone. He could make out two figures, a boy and a girl, walking through the sand. They looked lost and very tired, trudging listlessly, their heads hanging in exhaustion. (laughs) I know those guys. Evan moved a few steps closer, squinting against the bright whiteness of the sandy world above. They're kids from the wreck. What are they doing up there? They must find the water, just as you did. Water? Evan said, That place looks like a desert. Where's the water? The water is there, it is always there. Call them, show them the way. Xavier and Evan looked at each other in confusion. How were they supposed to call to those kids from an underwater cave? They stood there for a moment, doing nothing. Ruach moved in close to them, so close they could almost feel his whispered words dancing on the back of their necks. Call to them. Time is running out. So Evan decided to do, to do just that. He wasn't sure what he was supposed to say, but he cupped his hands to his mouth and shouted up, up to the ceiling, Hey, you guys, over here! His voice echoed several times, and to his amazement, he could see the echoes rippling through the air. They seemed to rise up and hit the invisible barrier separating the cave from the storm, causing it to tremble. The ripples caught Xavier's attention as well. It's like we are under the water. He scratched his head in disbelief. Evan shouted again, and then Xavier joined him, sending more ripples upward to the opening. Over here, in the water, find the water. The boy in the desert world suddenly stopped walking and lifted his head. Scanning the horizon, he had heard Evan and Xavier's call. Xavier could see who he was now. Levi, Mr. J.A.R.'s son. Levi hung with skate hung with the skateboard crowd, the coolest kids of the wreck. Xavier had wanted to bring his skateboard so many times, so many times and join them, but he was too intimidated. He couldn't do all the tricks those kids could do. He thought he remembered the girl too because she often wore that pink sparkly hoodie levi walked more purposely gesturing to the girl to follow him he was pointing to something evan wondered if he could see the water now But then something else drew Xavier's attention away. Above the two kids, the red sky began to change. It was getting darker when he and Evan had been running through the dark, menacing forest. Then he remembered the trees splitting and falling, turning to ashes like the whole world was burning up. This can't be good, he thought. His eyes fell to the horizon because he knew what would happen next. His heart started to hammer in his chest. It was coming. The enemy, the one Ruach had told them about. These two kids needed to find the water before. Just then, a plume of sand rose up from the ground on the horizon. The wind was picking up, causing more sand to tussle about. The chaos is coming, Xavier murmured to no one in particular. (laughs) What? said Avon. It's coming. Look, Xavier pointed. Evan's face went pale, whitewashed by the memory of what he and his brother had gone through to get to the water. The column of sand spun high into the red sky, growing larger as it pulled more and more sand into its vortex. But then more columns sprung out of the center column as if it were growing arms and legs and a head. Two bright beams of light radiated from the head shape like eyes zeroing in on Levi and Brianna. It's... A grobel said Evan in a soft voice. A sand groble. There was one of those in my book, too. A grobel, What's that? Asked Xavier. It's a creature, a bad creature made out of something not really alive. They need to hurry, Xavier said, the fear creeping to the back of his neck. He put his hands to his mouth, filled his lungs with more oxygen than he thought they could hold, and yelled, Hurry, get to the water! Levi saw it too, the huge mound of sand with burning white eyes, growing legs and arms that got bigger and bigger. This was no ordinary sandstorm. Run, he shouted to Brianna, taking her hand. He had no idea where to go, but he knew nothing good could come out staying where they were. Come on, Bean! The two kids ran, covering their eyes against the hot wind and stung their faces and coated the insides of their mouths. When they when that first breeze had wafted across their burning cheeks, they'd been grateful. They needed a breath of breeze after walking in the scorching heat for so long. But this this was not what they'd expected at all. Where can we go? Brianna cried. Levi heard it again. Voices, someone calling. Where was it coming from? He looked ahead of him and saw something, an oasis glimmering on the surface of the sand. Was it really water, or was it only a mirage? Water, he cried. We need to get to the water. Water? Where? Hurry, get to the water. Was the water talking? Brianna fell to her knees, unable to move against the wind any longer. "'You look! You go! Look!' she cried. "'I'll wait here!' she cowered under the hoodie, trying to protect her face. "'No, you have to come too!' Levi shouted. "'I can't! I can't even see!' Levi saw it was useless to try to persuade her, so he left her where she was and struggled on, using the weight to push against the full force of the wind. Thankfully, the oasis he had seen did not disappear, although it wasn't exactly what he thought it would be. As he approached, he realized he was seeing not one body of water, but several small puddles, as if the oasis had dried up and this was all that was left. Levi put one hand over his mouth to keep from swallowing the hot air now. "'Now mixed with grains of sand that burrowed into his skin. "'He knelt down before one of the puddles "'and put his free hand into the water. "'It was cool and wet, but very shallow.' too shallow, even to lie in for some protection. He crawled over and tried another, hoping it might be a little deeper, but it wasn't. He looked over his shoulder at the sand grovel careening toward them. His uh, Its arms spread wide enough to snatch up anything in its path. The sky, what he could see of it, was churning canvas of angry colors, red, black, and purple. Time was running out. He had to figure out a way to escape, if not for himself, then for Bean. The puddles, meager as they were, were their only hope. Levi crawled to another puddle, head ducked low against the strengthening wind and dug his fingers into the wet muddied sand it was the same as the one before he splashed some of the water over his face wondering how he might be able to bring some over to bean even if he could cup some water in his hands by the time he got it to her he would be it would be dried up or blown away he stared at the water what was he expecting something to happen why had the voices told him to get into the water it was just a puddle Go back to Bean. Get back to Bean, the thought nagged at him. She was still alone. If they were going to be trapped by a monster, they might as well be trapped together. Perhaps he could still protect her somehow. He tried to turn and look for her, but the wind was now so fierce he couldn't see more than a foot in front of him. His eyes were tearing up, but when he reached up to wipe them, He saw a moment. Out of the corner of his eye, one of the other puddles rippled as if a rock had been skipped across the surface. The wind, he thought, it would soon blow the water away. Then he heard the voices again, barely audible over the shrieking wind. Hurry, get to the water. (laughs) The voices seemed to be synced with the ripples. He scrambled over that puddle and peered in. One of the ripples subsided. He thought he saw his own windblown face mirrored in the water as he had in all the others. Then he realized it wasn't his face at all. It was something else. It was the thing he had first seen over Landon's head, that strange emblem of Aharatus. He called to Brianna, "'Bean, come on, I found it!' His voice was drowned out by the high-pitched whistle and of the wind, the eerie sound of millions of grains of sand crashing into each other. "'Bean!' he screamed as loud as he could, but she didn't hear him. "'Hurry, get in the water!' "'Get in the water, what good would that do?' It was only a puddle, after all, but the image was there, and the voices still called to him, making the water tremble even more. He touched the water, feeling a pulling sensation. The same thing that happened when he grabbed that weird object hanging over Landon's head. Bean, over here! Get in the water! It was already pulling him down his arm, his shoulders, his whole body. He tried one more time, yelling out to Brianna, Over over here! The water swallowed him. Leave chapter 6, Puddle Jumping. Levi's feet were cold. That seemed strange, since he was completely submerged in water, wasn't he? He opened his eyes slightly, expecting to see a murky underwater scene. No water. Everything around him glowed blue and white. He felt let the breath he'd been holding out of his aching lungs. Then he breathed in... And he he could breathe actual air. He looked down at the floor—stone. No wonder it was cold. He'd been so hot a moment ago. The wind and burning sand in his face—sand. He reached up and felt the skin. It was smooth, no sand coating. He shook his head and dusted his hands over his curly hair, expecting a shower of sand over his face, but there was nothing. He was dry and clean. His clothes were different too. Instead of his Tony Hawk t-shirt and jeans, he was wearing thick gray pants and a shirt with that same weird emblem on it. Glowing faintly, he gazed around him at the strange rock formations and the tiny specks of light flittering around his head. He remembered being sucked down into the puddle, the puddle with the symbol. He thought it just happened a minute ago, but had time passed that he didn't know about? It seemed as though he'd woken up in some other, even weirder world. He looked up. Three people stood before him. Two of them were kids, a big one and a small one. Was that Xavier, the basketball kid from the wreck, and his little brother? The other person was not quite a person at all, like a little purple blob of something with no face. Welcome to Aherad, Prince Levi, said the purple blob, his voice booming through the space, and Levi felt it in the pit of his stomach, so it must be some sort of person. As his eyes adjusted, Levi realized that the blob part was actually a robe. We've been expecting you. You have? Levi's throat felt scratchy. He knows my name. That's weird. And he called me a prince? That's even weirder. Where am I? In the cave, the younger kid said. He sounded very confident, like he knew what he was talking about. And that's Reebok. Don't worry, he's not a troll. Ruwak, said Ray Xavier in a disgusted voice. Ruwak, right, Ruwok said the younger kid, pronouncing each syllable like it was a separate word. And I'm Evan, and this is Xavier, my brother. You're Levi, right? The skateboarder from the wreck. Levi nodded, then shook his head like he was trying to shake the sand out of his brain. The storm, the water, went into the puddle, saw that weird thing. The crest of Aharatus, said the purple dude named Ruach. That is what led you here. So that's what it is, said Evan. A crest like a knight's knights head on their shields in the old days. The crest of A-horses a hurrah to xavier said that's what i said xavier shook his head and took a step toward levi your friend is still out there he pointed to the, up to the ceiling levi gazed in amazement he could see the monster the sand global rampaging across the desert through a hole in the ceiling in the ceiling how is that possible B. B. brianna he said where is she Ruach reached up his really long arms toward the ceiling and began to turn him slowly. And as he did, the whole scene shifted perspective to a small mound of pinkish-white, nearly lost in the blowing sand. Then Ruach drew his arms downward, and the scene zoomed into a close-up. Levi could see now that the mound is Brianna. She wasn't moving at all, like she'd given up the fight. Levi gasped, "'I tried to tell her she wouldn't come!' He thought he might cry and turned his head so the two boys wouldn't see. i lost her. She is not lost, Ruach stepped toward Levi, but his hooded face was still directed upward toward Brianna. Do not fear, I can bring the water to her. Ruach pointed upward and the view changed again, zooming in on the puddle with the crest of Aharatus. Levi watched, doubtful. But then Ruach waved his arms and moved the water. Levi blinked in awe as the puddle of water, the water, zoomed across the stretch of sand that it was right in front of Brianna. She didn't see it, though. Her eyes were shut tight, her face hidden under her arms. Call to her, Ruach said. What do you mean, Levi asked, confused. She'll hear you, Evan said. You've got to shout really loud. Levi's brow furrowed. He hesitated. Do it, shouted Evan. Uh, okay, Bean! Levi said, not exactly shouting. He felt a little foolish. Bean? Bean? Evan said, giggling, I mean, Brianna, Levi shouted louder, his voice echoing through the cave, Brianna, can you hear me, to Levi's amazement, he saw the window above him start to ripple, as if its words were actually struck some invisible barrier, that's it, said Evan, encouraging, keep going, tell her to get in the water, Bean, in the water, get in the water, The words rippled the barrier again. Brianna raised her head and opened her eyes slightly, then slammed them shut against the onslaught of sand. Even her eyelashes were coated. Then she opened them again, just enough to look down. When she saw the water, her eyes widened ever so slightly. She knew that puddle hadn't been there a moment ago. Brianna, Bean, get in the water. It's right there. Levi's voice was getting stronger, louder. She could hear him. Brianna put one hand out cautiously, touching the surface of water very lightly. The barrier rippled again. She sees it, Levi said. Ruwak had brought the water right to her. Get in, Bean, get in the water, he shouted over and over. The other boys joined in. Brianna still seemed hesitant. The wind picked up. The storm was so dense now it was difficult to see her at all, other than a few glittery specks of her headband. Don't give up, Bean, Levi looked around frantically and saw a series of ledges in the rock formations of the cave. He ran to them, leaping from one to the other so he could get close enough to the ceiling. Then he tried to plunge his hand through the barrier in hopes of reaching her, but the invisible barrier just snapped back like a trampoline, knocking him off his feet. He on down the rocks, groaning. She must come through on her own, said Ruwak calmly. Others can call her and I can make it accessible for her, but she must make the choice on her own. The other two boys shouted and threw small pebbles up of the ceiling making more ripples Levi scrambled back on the ledge joining their chorus, punching the barrier with his hands Bean, get in he didn't care anymore that the others heard him call her Bean, all that mattered was getting her out of the storm and into the water Brianna squinted at the puddle in front of her, the symbol of Aharatus, the one they'd seen over Landon's head shining on the surface the voices sounded again as if coming from the puddle itself, get in She felt sand in her ears, in her mouth, in her nostrils, even. Then the sand grove loomed over her, its huge hand, sand arms wrapping around her, making it harder and harder to breathe, yet the water kept talking to her. She touched it and felt a pulling, a tugging. She pulled away the sensation too strange. But the water felt cool, such a relief from the hot stinging sand. She dipped her whole hand in again. The water began tugging on her hand, pulling her down. She tried to resist, but it felt so nice, so cool and wet and unsandy. She let it pull her, her arm, her shoulder. She shut her eyes as it pulled her down, down into the darkness. Okay, interlude so I can say I love your mama. Okay, I'm back now. Brianna coughed, nearly choking on the suffocating sand. She danced around and waved her arms in the air as if still fighting off the groble. She shook her head frantically to get the sand out of her hair, her face, her mouth, but it took her a moment to realize there was no storm anymore. Her skin felt cool, but not wet. She finally opened her eyes, surprised that she could without getting pummeled with sand. She stood very still, taking in her surroundings. Only her eyes roved about, up, down, left, right. Her pink hoodie and striped pants were gone. She was wearing a long gray shirt and leggings. And strangest of all, there was no sand on her or water either, for that matter. Maybe she had dreamed that she was being chased by a monster made of sand. Maybe she was dreaming, a dream within a dream. She felt something grab her shoulder, grasp her shoulder and she jumped, giving a little pant of fright. "'Bean, you are all right!' She spun around, her mouth dropping open in amazement. "'Levi!' She stared at him, shocked that he was there, too. "'I was calling you and calling you. I was so scared, and like it looked like you weren't.' He didn't finish. She noticed he was all dry and sand-free as well, and wearing clothes almost identical to hers, with the symbol of Ahurata's glowing on his chest. "'This was getting so weird!' Where are we? In a cave, I think. A cave? The cave, said a voice. She turned to see who had spoken. She saw two boys and a purple bunny (laughs) standing together a few feet away, staring at her. The boys had on the same clothes as she and Levi, except they were also wearing some strange accessories. White plates on their chest belts and sleek white boots, like they were about to play a game of laser tag. What? She blurred out. How come I'm not all sandy? She touched her hair. It wasn't sandy or even messy. Her headband was still in place. There is no sand on you, princess, said another voice. A deep, very deep, resonant voice that echoed all around her. The water has made you clean. She stared at the purple creature. Did it just talk? And did it call her a princess? What's going on? on she turned back to levi we were being attacked by a sand monster thing and then we went into a puddle and ended up here that's one of the rules said the little kid striding forward you always have to come through the water to get to the cave that's really important don't forget it and then you have to get your armor on right mr redneck the older kid sighed like he was annoyed sorry about him i'm xavier and this is my little brother evan we just got here too here where and brianna asked welcome to ahiratis said the talking purple bunny no it wasn't a bunny but it didn't appear to have a face maybe it was a fairy i'm Ruwak, your guide while you were here he's not a troll said evan evan said xavier aharatus brianna repeated not quite believing it apparently you were right about how to pronounce it levi said we're actually here brianna asked in Aharatus, like from my book She blinked a few times as if still trying to get the sand out of her eyes. Were you guys being chased by a sand monster too? It was a sand grobo, corrected Evan, full of confidence. And no, we were in a forest where all the trees were falling on us. And then we came to a big lake and we saw that symbol, the crest, and we got in. That's what you have to do when you see the crest on the water. You gotta get in fast. Good thing you did. Yeah, Brianna said, still sounding a bit confused. I guess so. Levi put his hand on her shoulder. Hey, Bean, he said softly. It's okay. We're okay, right? Stella. she said weakly, managing a smile. I'm just a little, you know, uh, wigged out right now. I mean, that monster groble thing in this cave. How did we get into that desert in the first place? You were in a time of trouble, Ruwak spoke gently now, and as if he knew what they'd gone through. Yes, said Levi. There was this bully that was making trouble, and that weird symbol, the crest, was hanging over his head. It looked so real, so we grabbed it, and the next thing we knew, we were in the desert. And then that monster... Growl said Evan. Yeah, whatever. It started coming for us, and the enemy knows when you enter Aheratas, so you must always get to the water immediately. You must come through the water to get into the enter the cave. Said Ruwak. It is dangerous to be in Aheratas unequipped. Like I told you, said Evan. They need to get their armor right, Ru. Don't call him that, Xavier said, flicking Evan lightly on the back of the head with his finger. Quit it, Evan said, waving him away. Ruach nodded his hooded head. Yes, your armor. You two must follow me. He turned towards Xavier and Evan and gave a simple slow nod as if to say, stay out of trouble until we get back. Then Ruach took off down into the dark tunnels, which lit up purple as he went. Better follow him, Evan said. He doesn't wait. Come on, Bean, said Levi, still confused but grabbing Brianna by the hand. Let's go. Armor? Brianna turned her nose up at the sight of Xavier's and Evan's attire. There's no way I'm wearing that. She continued to protest as Levi dragged her toward the dark path. Okay, and uh, you know what? I'll read one more chapter. Chapter 7, called The Book. When Levi and Brianna returned to the main room of the cave, Evan and Xavier stared at them open mouthed. What's with that? Evan said, pointing to Brianna's armor, which is similar to the boys, but embedded with tiny sparkles so it glistened in the dim light of the cave. Even her belt and boots seemed iridescent, like they'd been dipped in her signature lip gloss. Armor isn't supposed to sparkle It's my armor, said Brianna, putting her hands on her hips. It can be sparkly if it wants to. (laughs) "'She was clearly delighted with her new accessories. "'Just wish I had my lip gloss,' she added under her breath. "'Levi's armor looked pretty much like the other Boys, "'The trip through the tunnels had been a trip. "'He wished he'd had his skateboard with him. Ruwak didn't talk much, nor did he explain "'what the doors and the padlocks were for. "'Levi really wanted to know what was in those rooms.' Brianna had been too preoccupied with her shiny armor to pay much attention. It looks funny, muttered Evan. You look funny too, Brianna sniffed. Whoever, know- whoever saw a six-year-old wearing-, wearing armor? I'm almost ten, Evan shouted. Whatever, Brianna said, flipping her hair imperiously. Young warriors, Ruwok's thundering voice stopped their bickering. They turned to look at him, sensing a warning in the stillness of the hooded figure. Ruwak lifted one arm and pointed to something hovering in the air that did, hadn't been there a moment ago. It was a large scroll. He made a movement with his arm and it rolled up, a, revealing a list of statements written one after the other in fancy script. There are some things you must remember in order to secure victory in Ahiratis. He spoke each one aloud while the children read along on the scroll. Number one, always enter the cave through the water. Number two, Always put on your armor immediately. Number three, never leave anything in Aharatus. Number four, never take anything back to your world with you. So, we can't take this armor back with us? Evan asked with a crestfallen look. He really wanted to show the armor off to his friends, although it wasn't exactly fearsome, it did have some cool features. Ruwak's hood swiveled in Evan's direction. Not right now, but in time. Be patient, young prince. Fine, Evan said with a sigh. Can we get going now? Ruwak didn't answer. Instead, he turned away from them and faced one of the long, dark corridors for in far in the distance. The kids could see a small speck of something gold hovering in midair. It was too far away to tell exactly what it, is, what it was. Ruwak stretched both of his long arms toward the tunnel once again and uh, when he did a strong beam of light burst straight out of the ceiling over the object illuminating it it stood out against the backdrop of the darkened dreamy cave walls Ruwak drew in his arms as if he was pulling the object toward him. As he did, it began moving toward them at an impossible speed. Watch out, it's going to crash, said Evan, diving behind a stalagmite for safety. Levi, instinctively, grabbed hold of Brianna's arm and pulled her back for the oncoming object. She naturally had been moving toward it, wanting to get a better view. Oddly, it stopped suddenly in the center of the cave, still bathed in golden light, hovering just above the floor. The light above dimmed so the kids could actually see what it was. Their eyes widened. A book? A big book sitting on a golden pedestal. It didn't look like any book the kids had ever seen before. It was a book. They knew that, but it was luminous and pulsing faintly as if it was not quite there at all the golden cover was very plain with no title or image except the crest of aharatus but the crest itself was not st- was not stagnant it rotated slowly projecting out of the book like a 3d image the kids stared in awe this is the book said ruach it was written by the source it provides you with your instruction which will help you stand against the enemy who's the source asked xavier the source of all things, all life, all truth, all wisdom. The book contains all you ever need to have victory in Aharatus and on earth. Ruach reached one arm toward the book. The children half expected it to move at lightning speed as it had before. Instead, the cover flipped open just like a normal book. Except it made a noise, like a musical note, as it lay back against the pedestal. Like a musical note... A little spray of light lifted from the first page as if the sound itself were visible. Ruwak made another quick move with his arm and the pages of the book began to turn, fanning open, each page displaying its own soft note. The notes harmonized into something like a song, filling the cave with a strange, vibrant music. Ruwak raised a hand and the pages stopped flipping, the music still trembling in the air faintly. The kids leaned in to get a closer look. The page Ruach had stopped on was filled with letters and words that didn't make sense, like a code. Mysteriously scrambled. Is that some new language? (laughs) Brianne asked. This book is different from any other. It cannot simply be read. It must be revealed. You may not understand the revelation at first, but if you keep it close, you will soon see its meaning. Each instruction you receive from the book will be stored here. He pointed to the orb on Brianna's breastplate. The children all looked at their own breastplates and then back at Ruwak. Now, they were really confused. Prince Prince Xavier stepped forward. Xavier took a tentative step toward the shining book, and without being told, he knelt. He wasn't sure why, he just thought he should. There was something about the moment that felt sacred. Ruach nodded his hooded head and touched the page of the book. The cryptic message began to glow and shine and shift, coming to life. Then the letters themselves lifted off the page and floated into the air above them. Art thou, armu, Olaf etf, wen, yotriflef, autil, ufle, doged, Limf dogadlimf, tha etai. Before their eyes, the letters slowly began to move, dancing around, rearranging until they formed a whole phrase. Follow the way of the armor, it will lead you down the right path. That makes a lot more sense. Xavier read the words over and over, wondering what they meant. "'The way of the armor?' "'Then Ruach reached up and grabbed one of the letters, "'plucked it out of the air. "'When he did, the rest of them trailed behind "'as if they were all connected. "'He gathered them together in his arms "'and tossed them towards Xavier.' Xavier was too shocked to move as he watched each letter flow into the orb of his breastplate, accompanied by the same soft music that had filled the cave when the page of the book would turn. The orb started to glow very faintly in iridescent purple, like the golden words were spinning right under the surface. Xavier took a breath as if breathing the words themselves into his lungs, feeling them take root, embedded into his very soul. It was strange and astounding, the most refreshing breath he'd ever taken. "'Whoa!' he said softly. He glanced up at Evan, whose mouth dropped wide, although no words came out of it. Evan was completely speechless, like he was when he first saw Ruach in his bedroom. "'Prince Evan,' Ruwak said. Evan jumped, then moved slowly next to Xavier. He knelt as well, now in total reverence to this strange, wonderful book.' Ruach turned the pages of the book just as he had before. When the pages slowed, Evan's heart began to race in anticipation of what his instructions might be. The pages stopped turning, and Ruach pointed to words he had been planning for Evan since before time began. They, too, lifted off a page and hovered in the air. Leofa olikene buhupua yanta dadso filo ilifted haaluia. Once again, the letters transformed to spell the true instruction. Follow the paths of old and you will find peace. What does that mean, Evan asked, his eyebrows furrowing. The paths of old? But Ruach didn't answer him. Instead, he grasped the words and flung them into Evan's orb. So it glowed, hummed softly, and Evan took in a deeper breath than he'd ever remembered. He glanced at Xavier, who put his hand on Evan's shoulder, smiling faintly. Prince Levi... Ruach said. He beckoned to Levi, who sauntered over to where the other two boys were kneeling, but he didn't kneel. He shifted onto one leg uncomfortably. Ruach didn't seem to notice. He just made the pages turn again. They flipped rapidly until a new page appeared, the scrambled, words, scrambled upwards straightening out and floating in the air. The gate to destruction is wide, and the road that leads there is easy to follow." Levi's eyebrows scrunched together. He looked confused. The message sounded more like a warning than friendly advice, not like Evan's and Xavier's. He watched as Ruwak transferred the words to his own orb, seeing the glow like the others, hearing the music, and he was surprised by the full breath he had to take when the words came to him. Brianna stepped up next to him. She looked at the two kneeling boys and at Levi, then shrugged and waited for Ruwak to show her instructions. Ruach, without a word, flipped to a new page in the book and revealed it to her. My truth shall lead you to my house on the holy hill. Brianna smiled with satisfaction. There is one more instruction you all must have, Ruach said. Once he had given the words to Brianna's orb, he touched another page, and the words appeared before them. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines your path. Ruwok did that grabbing thing again, and the words went into all four of their breastplates with a final musical chord. The orbs glowed a, a light, little brighter. Now, Ruwok said, you will see your destination as soon as you leave the cave, but be sure to follow the armor. It will guide you. What is the destination, Brienne asked. Is it a house, like my instructions said? Like a castle, maybe, with unicorns? When you see it, you will know. That's it. Xavier frowned a little. It didn't seem like nearly enough information. No map or even a description of where we're headed. I mean, if we're supposed to be fighting a battle... Ruach's voice stopped Xavier cold. It boomed off the walls of the cave, making the stalactites tremble and echoing into each kid's heart. You have everything you need. The walls of the cave quivered like when the picture of a TV starts cutting out. The kids looked around and startled. When they turned back, Ruach had disappeared. Then the cave itself disappeared like the TV had been shut off. It was just gone. Okay, that's all I'm going to read tonight, but this last two pages have, you know, sparked some things and I want to pray real quick for all of you, okay? Guard your heart above all else for it determines your path lord jesus i pray that we would all guard our hearts lord we would guard what goes into them what we allow to stay in them lord jesus that you would cleanse our hearts cleanse my heart father god make it clean give me a new heart a heart of flesh take away my heart of stone father Uh, lord i pray that you would help me to clearly see the things that have been residing there lord jesus and that you would remove them father Lord Jesus, I pray that uh, um, you would, Lord, you have already given us everything we need, Father. You have given us everything we need to fight this battle, for we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a war, and there is an enemy out there. Lord, I pray that we would put on that armor each morning, Lord Jesus, that we would walk in your truth, Father, and that we would fight the good fight. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for you are good. Lord, protect my family as I'm away from them. Lord Jesus, protect our hearts as we're away from each other, Lord. Lord, draw us close and back together. Lord, draw us close to you during this time apart. Lord, and I give you my family. I give you my wife. I put them all in your hands just as I have put my own life in your hands, Lord. Lord, I love you. I praise you. And uh, um, even in this, in in all trials and temptations and struggles and circumstances, we will trust you, I will trust you, and we will give thanks. We'll give thanks even for this, Lord, as painful as that is. For we know that you are in it, you are working, and you are working in lives, Lord Jesus. And I thank you for this book. I thank you for this book that Trisha read for the to the boys. I thank you for those seeds that were planted there, Lord. I pray that I could plant and water those seeds that have already put there, Lord. Through this book, Lord, just through our lives, and I thank you for just the opportunity to have a voice and to be able to read this and be able to um, find a way to communicate it so that my uh, my children could listen to it, Father. Lord, bless uh, Chloe and Kayla, Nathan and Micah, and bless their mother, Lord, and keep them safe on the road. In your name I pray. Amen.